You are listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at sungrove.org. I want to tell you today about one of the most joy-filled people I've ever met. And for all intents and purposes, this person, she should be one of the least joyful people when it comes to what most people think. Her name is Johnny Erickson Tata, and Johnny dove off a platform when she was 17, and she broke her vertebrae in her neck, and since she was 17, she's been a quadriplegic, which means barely, if any, limited motion of the arms, uh, no motion of the legs, and she's been wheelchair-bound for over 50 years. And she's one of the most joyful people that you would imagine. She can't wipe a tear, she can't scratch her nose, she can't really bring food to her mouth without a lot of assistance and a lot of hard work. And for most people that would say, you shouldn't have joy in life, you have a disability, you shouldn't be okay with life, you, you should just take care of yourself and not try to make a difference in our world. Yet few people that I personally know have made more of a difference in the world than Johnny Erickson Tata. I wanna show you a picture And in this picture, you're seeing Johnny with the blonde hair, and uh, she is wheelchair bound. In this picture, you wouldn't notice that you wouldn't notice that she has any disability because you can't see her chair. Uh, Next to her is Nick Vujicic, and Nick was born without arms or without legs. And even together, these two different people have allowed God to use their disabilities to make a massive worldwide impact as they share the hope of Jesus with people around the world. The ministry Johnny and Friends leads in and ministers to families of special needs people, including doing special needs camps where they equip and help families, church ministries that deal with people with special needs, people who have disabilities, and then they do Wheels for the World where they really create and repair wheelchairs and deliver them to people with disabilities around the world who otherwise would have no mode of transportation. And this has been going on for years. And Johnny is just the kind of person that as you're with her, will suddenly be like, this reminds me of something. And she'll burst into an an old hymn or she'll burst into song. And you're just like, who is this? This person who's a quadriplegic in a wheelchair is just bursting with the love of God, with the joy of God's Holy Spirit. And you just see it in her. And we're beginning to watch in the book of Acts as the Holy Spirit arrives on scene and how God's Holy Spirit, when God's Holy Spirit comes into a person as you put faith and trust in Jesus, makes a radical change in people's lives. The Lord over the years has taught Johnny how to deal with her disability and bring him glory through it. He teaches us through disabilities in many ways. You might have a friend or a relative or a family member who has a disability of some sort. And it's amazing how God will use that to teach you about himself. And God uses disabilities to make teaching points in a lot of ways. One of those ways might, in fact, be through healing. But that's not the only method that God uses in his perfect wisdom to use in the lives of people who are disabled to bring him glory. God can do what God wants to do. And honestly, there are physical disabilities for sure people who can't walk, people who have been through an injury, people who were born with limitations. But there are also mental disabilities and mental health. There's educational limitations. There are social or economic or genetic disadvantages. And each of us is affected in some way by someone with a disability, whether a family member or a friend or someone that we love. 
God uses the example of a man with a disability in Acts chapter three to focus the attention on the one who can overcome the impossible, whose salvation is available to all, and who can choose the best way to deal with that disability to his glory. And here's why you need today's sermon. You need to turn your pain into praise. So all that pain you feel, you need to turn it into praise. That is the truest form of healing. You would look at someone like Johnny Erickson Tata and say she has no reason to have this exuberant joy in her life. And yet she has allowed God to teach her how to turn her pain, her significant pain, into praise. If you have your Bible, open with me to Acts chapter three, beginning with verse one, it says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those who were going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, and as, he, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and his ankles became strong. And he jumped to his feet and he began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. If you're taking notes today, write this down. Every person in the book of Acts who was healed was an unbeliever. Now don't overlook that. This is significant. It often gets overlooked. Christian people often try to project themselves and their maybe disability or their sickness right into what was happening in the book of Acts. But this is significant. Let it sink in that every person in the book of Acts at the launch of the early church who was healed was in fact an unbeliever. Why? Because God would leverage healing in such a way to let people know that it's all about salvation. It's not about just the healing or just about the disability or about the limitation or making people's earthly life alone better. It's all about salvation more so than physical healing. See, the big problem is sin, not sickness or not disability. The real pandemic that is going on that affects all people, the numbers are absolutely staggering because it affects every person who's ever walked the face of the earth, let alone Jesus. It is, aside from Jesus, he was without sin. But every person is affected by the pandemic of sin. It condemns us before a righteous God. Our sin holds us in judgment because of what we have done. The cure is Jesus, who's washing away of our sins lasts forever, not just merely overcoming a disability or merely getting past a health issue. People need to see and to hear about Jesus. 
See, most people in our world, they think money is the cure. I hear it all the time, and I'm sure you do too as well, right? If we could just get money for a medical breakthrough, then things will get better. If we could get enough money that will lead to a cure or an immunization for COVID-19, then things would get back to being better. People say, I just need more money. Why? Because I want to be secure, that I put my trust in money instead of my trust in God. People want money for security. People want money to purchase the healthcare that they need. And the biggest desire for people is money to compensate them for their pain. In our culture, every person on the inside has a little entitled part that wants to have a GoFundMe account because they've been through painful experiences in life. We often think that money is gonna help us with our limitations, and that's simply not the case. See, silver and gold I do not have, Peter and John said to this disabled man, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus. And so he's all anticipating, maybe I'm gonna get some money. Why? Because it's so easy to look at what gets put in the pot as being the help. Instead of looking to God and knowing what really can help you with your real issue, And so what do they say? They say to this beggar, Peter and John say to him, look at us. They get his full attention. He's like happy to look at them. He often wants to avoid eye contact, just beg and not be a bother to people and just wants not to be a burden to anyone. But they say, look at us. And he he gives them his full attention. Now he's really hoping he'll get some money. Instead, he believed and received a gracious miracle from God. The phrase that's used there is that as they helped him to his feet, his, his ankles and his feet uh, became strong. He was walking and jumping and praising God. I love that picture. Like walking around, jumping, praising God, like suddenly this man who formerly had a disability now has full mobility. It's not just that he got well or that money helped him have his next meal. One of the real issues facing his life had been removed. This man was lame from birth. Picture with me his condition. He was lame from birth. Picture with me totally undeveloped muscles in his legs. If you've ever had a stroke or a disability and had to relearn how to walk or how to feed yourself or how to do something, you just realize it, the, the intense neurology behind that to make your motor skills actually work, the muscular structure that you have to go through. I tore my ACL last year and it took months of physical therapy for me to get the regular strength in my leg for regular activities, not even extreme activities, months. But instantly, This man, his knees and his ankles were strengthened and he was walking and he was jumping and he was praising God and everybody knew that this was the guy who from birth has been disabled. God has a purpose in your limitations. See, sometimes we blame God for our limitations, but the truth is God has a purpose for you and for other people in the limitations that you're facing right now. Your limitations, your infirmities, your setbacks, your current health condition, will you trust God with them? He's got a purpose in it. 
Acts chapter three, verse 11 says this. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. And when Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness, we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one, he's talking about Jesus, and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. And it is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. If you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down. God never wastes a hurt. We all experience life and we all experience pain and there is pain and deep pain and wounds and hurt in life. But one of the beautiful things is where normally life would hand you pain and hurt and wounds that could traumatize you or me. God says, I can bring something good out of what normally would just be awful. I will not waste a hurt. I can bring glory and good out of anything. And so this man who was lame from birth has now experiencing what God can do. He won't waste a hurt. I love it that this healing led to a sermon so that many more may be healed of their real problem, their sins. Sometimes we come to God, we're like, God, I have an agenda. I want you to answer my prayer. I want you to take my limitation or the limitation of someone that I love and I'm hurting for them and I care so much for them. And we take this limitation and we say, God, if you would just do what I want you to do, it would make a great story for you. Like, God, people couldn't deny you if you do what I want you to do. But our view is limited like the beggar's view. His view, as, as big as he could think, was maybe I'll get some money. Maybe I'll get a little money. But God always has his glory and his story in mind. Always. When God looks at your life, when God evaluates your hurts, when God sees all that has gone on in your life, he has his glory in mind and his story in mind. Our thinking comes to the table, but we're way late in the game. We start coming up with solutions, but we're late. Why are we telling the very one who created galaxies and gravity and grace what to do in and through our lives? Trust him. He never wastes a hurt. And out of this hurt, you say, God, I'm hurting right now. And maybe you are this week and maybe you are right now. And you just say, God, I'm so hurting right now. But out of this hurt, bring me to praise you. Turn my pain into praise and help me glorify you. God, you bring your story in and through me. Bring your story into my pain and may it turn to praise back to you. He'll never waste a hurt. Number three, God gets our full attention and he offers himself as the answer. In verse four, Peter and John said to this lame beggar, they said, look at us. 
And normally he would just be looking down, doesn't want to be a burden, but he gives him his full attention. Look at us. And so he looks. And then in verse 12, I love that Peter says to the people, why do you stare at us as if it was our power that healed this man? So first he tells the beggar, you look at us, but now he's looking at everybody else going, why are you guys looking at us? Why are you staring at us? And then he says in verse 16, Jesus' name has healed, and he says, as you can all see. So it's look at us. Why do you stare at us? It's not humans meeting the need for your pain. It's not a person who meets the needs so that you can get beyond your disability. It is ultimately God. He's saying it is God's power. It is Jesus. It is the name of Jesus. It is the power of God through him. It is Jesus as you can see. And that's what God does with our pain. Pain's like a megaphone to a dying world that God is real and that we need him. Without pain, we probably would deny any need for God. We would think we were self-sufficient to our own demise. But that's what God does. He uses pain to say, look at me. Look at me. Don't stare at the people as if it was their power that's gonna work in your life. Don't just simply think a friend or a relationship or something else, amount of money is gonna heal you. God says, look at me. And he's gonna offer himself to you as the answer See, people are always looking. They're always staring. They're always searching for an answer. People are hoping for a pastor or a product or a politician or a pharmaceutical to bring true change. Instead, our only hope is found in the prophet, priest, and king, Jesus Christ, and will be accomplished by his plan that he had way in advance, not our plan that we think we want God to accomplish. In verse 17, Peter goes on, he says, now fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then, turn toward God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who's been appointed for you, even Jesus, Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through the prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people and you must listen to everything he tells you. And anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days and you are heirs of the prophets of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. And when God raised up his servant, he's talking about Jesus, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. God loves you, but God has a big plan. Even in your pain, he has a big plan for your life and he won't waste a hurt. But if you're taking notes today, write this down. The healing gets described. Salvation is offered to Jewish people through Jesus and through Jewish people to the entire world. So it's a beautiful picture. What Peter is saying is God's plan, his big plan from long ago from the ancients was that he was going to bring salvation to the Jewish people through Jesus Christ. And then through the Jewish people and their heritage and through Christ 
to all nations of the world. It's a beautiful picture. It's the idea of to and then through, and that's what God wants to do in your life and in your pain. God wants to bring his salvation to you, and then he wants to use your story as part of his big story to bring salvation through you to other people all over the world, to and through. That's the way God wants to work. You are blessed to be a blessing. And the problem is that sadly for many Christians is that the blessing of salvation is stopped with you. Why? Why does that happen? Why do people think that we can happily receive salvation through Jesus, but just keep it to ourselves? That's never God's intent. His intent is always to and through. He wants to do it through you to other people. That's what God wants to do. Why? Why keep it to yourself? Why be a New Testament Christian and call yourself, I'm a New Testament Christian, but have Old Testament callousness? In the Old Testament, what we saw was that God chose the Jewish nation as the, the means by which he would send his Messiah and bring salvation to all people through this nation. But what happened for the Jewish people in the Old Testament is they became entitled and they said, God has specially chosen us and we are God's chosen ones and we, we just are the special ones of God. And, and what happened is the grace that God showed them by choosing their nation, their gracism turned to racism. And they began to ignore their neighbors and began to ignore others and began to lose sight of God's big story through Jesus. But through Jesus Christ, his grace now includes every race, every color, every male, every female, every right expression of God and worship, every nation and people and language, all to the glory of God. You have been blessed to be a blessing because God wants to reach his salvation to you, give it to you, and have it go through you to the ends of the earth. A number of weeks ago, my neighbor, Miguel, accepted Christ. That he just came back to the Lord and with tears just came into faith in Christ, asking God to forgive him of his sin, to give him new life. Uh, in conversations over barbecue over the last few months in, in another neighbor's garage, we'll sit there and, and we'll just eat barbecue, but we'll talk about things. So my neighbor's like, hi, and my neighbor Bob and others have all heard the good news of Jesus sitting in the garage, like while we're just hanging out, right? What do I want for my friends? What do I want for my neighbors? I want them to turn their pain into praise. Because what happens is when you sit down with people, you have a good time, you start to fellowship, you start to talk, you start to hang out. But people, once they feel safe with you, will eventually open up and share their pain. So let me ask, what do you want for the pain of your friends? What do you want for the person who's begging? They're not begging at the side of the road necessarily, but they're begging for healing for their pain. And what do you want for them? I would suggest to you that the more that we can help them stop looking to money to be the answer to their problems or the answer to their pain or the answer to their entitlement is that they can look to Jesus and let their pain turn into praise, that they would stop looking at money and they would stop looking at what might be in the pot and that God would say, look at me. And through your life and through your words, he would share to them 
that this will not satisfy, that only he will. And what will happen is they then look to God, they put their faith and their trust in him and their pain begins to turn to praise in their life. Acts 3.19 says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Man, we're in some crazy times right now. And don't you want right now just some times of refreshing? We have times of turmoil. We have times of civil unrest. We have times of pandemic. We have times of personal challenges and loss and pain that is going on. But don't you want times of refreshing to come from the Lord? See, that's the beauty of God. God wants to restore all things. The day comes when God restores all things, when death takes its hold on us and it will not release it until we, our physical body is dead, but our spirit is alive in a place called heaven with God. And there he restores every loss. There he restores all things. He brings it all back together. He brings perfect justice for any wrongs that have ever been committed. There is in the Bible called the day of judgment of the Lord, where he writes all wrongs and he brings into the courtroom the judgment against all things ever wrong. The beautiful thing for the believer in Jesus Christ is that we're exempt from the condemnation of our sin on that day. That the pain that we've inflicted on God, that we've inflicted on other people, the sin that we have committed, sometimes out of ignorance like the Jewish people did by handing Jesus over to be crucified, but other times on purpose, all of that gets wiped away because of our faith in Christ and the ultimate healing happens to the disability of sin in our lives. In that day, you and I, we're gonna be walking and jumping and praising God. Why? Because he took the pains of life and the tensions of life and now he's removed those and we are walking and we are jumping and we are praising God. But I believe that God doesn't just want that expression to be in heaven someday. I believe that God wants you and I to walk, to jump, to praise God because there's people who need to see and to hear that Jesus is the answer to our pain, that there is a way that you can turn your pain into praise. All to the glory of God. Not the glory of you. Not the glory of you, but to the glory of God. God, I love about it is that he, Jesus isn't asking you and I to do something that he wasn't willing to go through himself. That where this man was disabled from birth, Jesus was healthy and was handed over to be unjustly tried, to be murdered, to be crucified, to suffer. And that's what it means in the Old Testament when all this suffering that was forecast about the Messiah happened in the life and the person of Jesus as he took our sin upon himself and canceled out God's wrath against it on the cross. His pain, his blood is the only thing that washes away our sin and gives us the ultimate healing. And maybe as you're watching today, you're just convicted in your heart about somebody who just needs to hear that you hear their pain regularly, but maybe you have not shared with them the way that you could turn, they could turn their pain into praise. And maybe today for you, you're like, Lord, I need to repent. I need to turn back toward you. I need to, to listen to people and love them, but I need to help these people look to you, not look to me, but to look to you. 
And maybe for you today, for the first time where you are, you're realizing that you need Jesus, that you've never taken advantage of his solution to your problem of pain, to the pandemic disability of the sin that we have caused and that we're guilty of, and that that can be washed away because of what Jesus did on the cross. And if that's you today, right where you are, just pray a prayer like this right after me. Just Maybe you just look up and you're in your living room and you say, Jesus, today I give you me. I believe that when you died on the cross, you took my sin upon yourself and you canceled out God's righteous wrath against sin. And instead now you're offering me, God, eternal life. And I want it. I want to be forgiven of all my sin. I want to receive new life. I want my painful experience in life to turn into praise. And so God, right now, I give you me. I ask you to make me a new creation on the inside. Make me have a new heart on the inside. Make me spiritually alive. Because today, Jesus, I give you me. And if you prayed that prayer right now, I want you to know the angels in heaven are walking and jumping and praising God. And they are having a party, the Bible describes, that when, when a sinner, when you or I turn away and we turn toward God, that a party breaks out in heaven and that you are no longer condemned by your sin, that you do not have to fear death, that your sins are gone, that you've been made a new creation. And we would love to hear about your story in the chat below or that you would contact us to let us know that you've made that decision for the first time. We love you and let's let this week our pain turn into praise as we reach the people around us with the love of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For information on Sun Grove Church, visit our website at sungrove.org.